0: Acts chapter 2 verse 17 is our scripture memory verse for the week. You might want to save it, put it on your phone. It's the theme of Powerhouse Conference and it says this, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Everybody say all. All All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Somebody, that's a promise for somebody right there. Your sons and daughters will be in the house of God. Your sons and daughters will not just sit in seats, but they'll be fully engaged with the power of the Holy Spirit and they will prophesy. Why? Because you made them know because God poured out His Spirit. It's going to take me a long time to get through this memory verse today. Uh, Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men, come on some of us young men. There we go. All those under 51, let's say in Jesus' name. 60, sorry, sorry. Your young men will see visions and your old men, all of those over 95, come on. Your old men will dream dreams. What a great verse for you and I, for us as a church. Let's, I want us to say it together right now, but not with all the interruptions that I put in there. Let's just say it from the top. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Amen, amen, amen. Save it, put it on your phone, memorize it, Acts 2.17. This morning I want to prepare us for those moments that we're talking about. I want to prepare us for an encounter, and today might be your day to have an encounter with God that changes everything. I'm believing this week for our conference that it will be a, it will be a moment, it will be a series of moments for people that have encounters with God, encounters with the Holy Spirit, Those who come feeling broken like you're at the end of the road, whether it's in your marriage or your health or your finances, and have a a moment, an encounter with God that changes everything. Those of you who are feeling like your life's got no purpose, that you're just going along rudderless, going around in circles, feeling like I don't really know what the next season entails. I, I don't really have a vision beyond just getting out of bed, going to work and doing the same old, same old. I'm believing for an encounter with God that He will put vision in your heart, vision in your mind. I'm believing for those kind of encounters. I'm praying this week you'll have those encounters. I'm praying this week that your children in our children's ministry program will have encounters with God. I'm praying that our youth will have imp- encounters with God. I'm praying that our prodigals who are away from God will somehow be, be able to get into place and they'll have encounters with God. I want to say just at the outset, a big thank you to every Dream Team volunteer, every member who is serving all across every Sunday, but particularly this week in our conference week. I want to say a big thank you for some of you who won't get to any sessions. Some of you will spend the whole time organizing and preparing food and and preparing uh, stuff for our children and things behind the scenes. And I want to say thank you. And I'm believing that God will give you a moment, even if it's in the car park or the kitchen or in the creche or wherever you are. But I want to say thank you. Can we put our hands together for everybody who's going the extra mile for this week? And so today I want to talk about, well, how do you prepare for an encounter? How do you prepare for a moment with God? One of my my memorable moments as a pastor every now and then again, I get to do weddings and I remember marrying Pastor Josh and Shekinah, conducting their wedding. And I remember standing up the front of this service and Josh is there like a cat in a hot tin roof, just all, all just, you know, nervous, excited, happy, worried, uh, and all of those emotions that go together before a wedding. And, and there's, a, there's this little small church we're in, there's a back door at the back, all the bridesmaids have come in and everyone's like, we're waiting for the big moment, And then suddenly, bam, the back doors open and there's Shekinah looking gorgeous and beautiful and all dressed up. And it was like, it was a breathtaking moment, just particularly because the doors just went and there she is. And Josh goes, and I think there might've been a few tears and that was just me saying, it's not my daughter. It's not my daughter. It's not my daughter. That's what I say at weddings. It's not my daughter. It's okay. Keep yourself together, John. Hold it together, Pierce. Come on. And this beautiful moment that's so memorable and you know defining. I want to tell you that it, moments like that don't just happen. They take preparation. They take organization. They talk. They take thought. They take determination to get to that day. They take a whole range of things for that kind of moment. I want to help us today. We're going to look at three people in the New Testament recorded in the Gospels who had a life-changing encounter with Jesus and how they prepared for that life-changing moment. And I wanna help you today and I wanna help me and help us to get into that life-changing moment. The first one was a tax collector called Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, depending whether you're from Australia or New Zealand. Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. I'm not quite sure what's right, but we'll go with Zacchaeus. I may need change. Don't let that worry you. I might swap between Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus. Don't let that bother you. We're going to look at a guy called Bartimaeus a blind man who received the healing of his sight and has his sight restored. We're going to look at another a woman of incredible determination. The Bible doesn't record her name, but it tells her story. And from each of these, we're going to learn uh, three things about how to prepare for an encounter with God, how to prepare for a moment that changes everything, how to prepare for a, a moment that unlocks the next season in our life. So let's start with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, verse 2 through to 6, I'll read it. says this, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He was a crook, basically, and had ripped off a lot of God's people uh, in collecting taxes for the Romans. And he was despised and hated by the Jews because he was seen as someone who turned his back on not just, not just God, but on them, and would be betraying them and ripping them off. And he tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd. I'm thinking Danny DeVito right now. That's, that's, that's the picture I've got of Zacchaeus, okay, Danny DeVito. Some of you don't know who he is. Just look that up. It's awesome. All right. He was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a, a fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. So he saw the crowd. He couldn't see him. He looked further down the track like that's where he's going to go. He ran on ahead and he climbed the tree so that when Jesus came by, he would be able to see Jesus. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. And the Bible goes on to tell about how his, just by being with Jesus, suddenly he wants to change. He's in Jesus' presence. Jesus doesn't say anything about his sin. Jesus doesn't say anything about what he's doing wrong. He just loves him, visits his house, accepts him, and the the closeness of the love of God and Christ himself causes him to change. And he says, I'll pay back everybody I've ripped off, uh, and, and multiple times I'll pay them back. And Jesus said, salvation has come to your house. It's a great lesson for you and I when we're engaging with people who are away from God that they don't so much need to hear what they're doing wrong. What they need to hear is how much we love them, that we accept them, that they're welcome in our home, they're welcome in our lives. So Zacchaeus, as a vertically challenged man, I believe is the politically correct way. uh, For those of you who are like that, you know what it is to hug people and smell armpits all the time. That's, That's kind of the vibe that I'm told is the challenge of being vertically challenged, all right. And this tax collector, Zacchaeus, he wanted to see Jesus, but the way that he was going to have his encounter wasn't the normal way. He needed to get elevation. He needed to get up high. And the first thing I want us to learn today, come on, somebody at home right now online. The first thing I want us to learn today is if you're going to have an encounter with God, you need to get out of your normal position. You need to get into a place of elevation where your perspective changes, where your view changes. And how many know if you're prepared to get elevated, then when things change, you get a new perspective. The beginning of June, I preached a message for our church called Mountaintop Experiences. I talked and it was really to prepare us in uh, two months in advance that we would be coming to our conference week. But I talked about how three times a year, the Jewish people, God asked them to come and to to visit the mountain of the Lord, to come to Jerusalem. And they would travel hundreds of miles from all around Jerusalem three times a year for a feast feast has a certain appeal right now, doesn't it? For those of us who are fasting, a feast is, a, is, a, is a wonderful thought that we're, we're coming to a, to a feast. I love that God instituted three seven-day feasts in the life of His people. I believe God's a party God. Don't get locked into thinking God's just a fasting God. Don't get locked into being guilty about when you eat. It's going to be awesome when you eat. Food's an invention created by God. If He didn't want us to have meat, He wouldn't have created cows. That's what I know. I'll just, it's how it goes for me. And so I know some of you are planning to do a KFC run tonight. I can smell it. I can smell Actually, I was reading on, uh, about social media this week, and I don't know if this is true or not, but someone says, whoever runs the global social media account for KFC is a genius. They follow six of the, they follow the spice girls and another spice person, six, and then they follow, they follow five other guys called herb. They follow 11 herbs and spices. I actually read that. That's not just a dad joke. I read that. I thought that's a genius social media person right there. KFC. There's a fast that's coming to an end and there's a feast. But God called his people to a feast, and it was a, the, it was a pilgrimage. And the pilgrimage included literally a climbing to the top of a mountain. wasn't driving to the top of a mountain. It was climbing. All of their provisions, all of their goods. And the mountain was, would be a bit higher than the ranges of Toowoomba. And so they would literally bring their family and, and the men would be responsible. We're going up to the house of the Lord. They'll be singing and they'll be dancing. There'll be celebration, there'll be partying, there'll be food, and we'll give honor to God in this annual pilgrimage. And I believe that every one of us need to put some rhythms in, the, in our lives of pilgrimage. Pilgrimage where we get elevation. Pilgrimage where we draw out of the normal. That pilgrimage might be an annual family holiday where you just go away and invest time and energy into your family to remember that family is really important and we're not just created to work, to spend quality time with our children and to fall in love all over again. That might be a pilgrimage that that you need to put in place of your family rhythm. But you need to have a spiritual pilgrimage as well. And a spiritual pilgrimage is, is that, that time where you go, well, I'm drawing aside from the, the normal work and the, the grind and the, the ordinary, and I'm drawing aside to a place where I'm going to go up it's in a, into a sense to a mountaintop experience. And you don't have to plan for a valley-like experience. You just find yourself rolling into valleys. And we'll all have valleys in our life. We'll all have seasons that are challenging, seasons that are dry, either through external circumstances or internal things or stuff that happens. But we, we all go through times that leave us flat and leave us drained and leave us in a slump. You don't have to plan for that. But if you're going to climb a mountain, you've got to plan for that. You've got to put some time and thought and energy into it. You've got to prepare for it. You've got to set your face to go. Okay, uh, David said this, I've set my face like a flint to seek God. So you're going to you've got to make time. I'm going that place. I'm going into a place that's anointing rich. I'm going into a place where for probably six or seven hours across a few days, I'm going to be in an atmosphere of worship. I'm going to be in an atmosphere of faith. I'm going to be in an atmosphere that pulls me up and out of the, the, the mire of depression or discouragement or or just the, the sense of, of norm. I'm gonna come up to something higher and God's gonna to speak to me. And often I find God's got things to say to me that I need to hear, but I'm not ready to hear it in normal. I'm in the Monday to Friday grind. I'm in the yep, 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 got this going, got this going. I'm, I'm flowing through and I'm I'm not really tuned. And so God's, He's trying to say something He's trying to inject a promise. He's trying to show me something He's got for me. But if I'm not, if my heart's a little just dull to God, maybe not even hardened. If it's hardened, it's got to be softened. If it's, if it's dull, it's got to be awakened. And that only happens in the presence of God. It doesn't come watching Netflix. It doesn't come sitting around home. Sometimes we think, I just need some more rest. And God says, you don't need rest. You need to recharge. You're like, if only I could have a, a few days off, I'd be good, and then after a few days off, you're like, Oh, I don't feel any different. That's because you didn't need a few days off, you needed a few days on with God, plugged in, being recharged, and that takes preparation. Elevation. Well, I've got to get up the tree and see where. See a different perspective. See a different panorama. See, see the next five years ahead that God's got for you. See the next 10 years ahead that God's got for you. Finish off that dream for your decade that you're writing, not just out of your own thoughts and ideas, but out of what God is going to download in worship, in preaching, in moments and encounters, or as you dream through the nights because an atmosphere around you has changed. We need some elevation. That's how we prepare for an encounter. For some of you right now, it's like, oh, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling a bit of dullness on the inside. I'm feeling like I'm in a rut. And you know what? It's not too late to make some changes and to just book for conference. It's not too late to jump in a car from wherever you're watching right now and get to the Sunshine Coast this week to immerse yourself in an atmosphere that it will elevate you above the ordinary to live extraordinary. That's the first thing. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, come on, you need some elevation in your life. All right, number two is, ex- wow, you're a chatty lot right now. Here we go. Number two, on the chat, just say, I'm getting some elevation online. Okay, number two, I want to talk about expectation. Expectation. Let's look at Bartimaeus. Bart, blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10. When Jesus reached Jericho with His disciples, they left town. A large crowd followed Him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, son of David actually was a, a term that every good Israelite knew was a reference to the Messiah. So he wasn't just saying, Jesus, whose granddad, daddy, 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 was David. He's saying, Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah have mercy on me. And everyone said, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. This man had some expectation that something was going to happen. Tell, uh, and, okay, uh, and he kept said going louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? I preached about this a few times in the last month. What do you want me to do for you? God wants you to articulate what you want Him to do for you. Even though you're like, isn't it bleeding obvious, Jesus? Don't you get it? He's like, no, because when you verbalize what you really want from the inside, something happens because you're verbalizing it. Something happens because it takes faith to express. It's a risk to express. Well, I want you to do this for me, Jesus. And Bartimaeus says, I, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Your expectation has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I love this. There's a few things I love about this expectation. Number one, he's been praying some, when Jesus is coming, he's getting loud. Now prayer doesn't need to be loud to be effective. Let's just get that clear. Quiet prayer, inner prayer, silent prayer, reflective prayer, all come before God's throne. But there is a desperation that we need sometimes. There's a fervency, James says, that we need when we pray to say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's crying out. And some of you over the last 21 days as you've fasted, you've been, it's been like a cry out to God. You've been saying, I want you to do this thing. I want you to do that thing. You've been praying audacious prayers like we preached about last week. Crying out for God to do stuff. And it builds up a, a sense of expectation. Well, I want you to come to conference. I, I believe this works for people when they come to church with expectation on Sunday. Two different people can come and hear the same message and one person has a life-changing moment and another person's like, oh yeah, another day, another dollar. Or pastor, another day, another holler. <laughs> hey, I just got okay, it right there. It's fresh. Come on, somebody. <laughs> another Sunday. Another holler. There he goes again. You're like, what's the difference? Expectation. Someone came expecting to hear from God. Someone came expecting to encounter Jesus, and they came and had an encounter with God. Expectation for your healing. Expectation for a financial breakthrough. Expectation for your prodigal to get saved. Expectation for for something to change in your life. Expectation for, for anxiety to lift off. Expectation for depression to break. Expectation to come out of winter and to come into spring. Expectation in your life a loud voice. I like, I like the fact that there's, a, there's something about a loud voice that creates an atmosphere. Now, uh, I'm not a massive mask fan, but I'm a mostly compliant kind of guy. So we've got to do what we've got to do. However, I'm praying that Friday, no more masks. That's what I'm praying. I think it's seven days. All right. But even if we do, you can still be loud. There's something, you know, everyone's like, shut up, Bartimaeus. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Everyone around, shut up, dude. You're, embar- you're embarrassing us. You're embarrassing yourself. But he's making a noise. Why? Because there's there's something that the devil will try to silence your voice when he wants to shut down your faith. He wants you to be quiet. But that uh, just, just a little moment of this is the kind of church we are where our culture is where a church who has has a little bit of loudness about it, if you haven't noticed. We're, we're, the, we're the ones who say great preaching when the preaching's great. Okay, just, just, just trying. We're the ones who, who pull the best out of the pastor. Now, I just, just a little warning. I went to Russell Evans Church four years ago on a sabbatical, five years ago. And it is the, it's the most, I, I've been to American churches, but Russell Evans Church was the most excitable, feedback, enthusiastic church. He was preaching off a video recording from the morning. And the room was standing up, celebrating certain points he was making. So I would hate for him to come to C3 Powerhouse and feel a little bit flat because we don't have the loud, excitable, I want something out of this preach. You're on fire right now. Preach it. Let's go. Now you might go, oh, I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, well, I know plenty of people who, when they came to church, I'm not the kind of lift my hands to God person. But then you started to do something by faith. And you engage your heart. and Then you realize this was an engagement with God and there was a spiritual exchange happening. So just raise your voice, okay? Just raise your voice every now and then. Get loud. Let's get loud. Dun, dun, dun. That's like, anyway. Sorry, that's, that was bad too. Let's get loud. Let's, anyway, sorry. All right. The next one. I'm on fire. Okay, Jesus. I'll give myself some good feedback anyway if, some, if some, no one else will. Jesus says, he calls out to him, he hears the loud voice and he says, dude, you, get up and come out the front. And he gets up. And the Bible says he gets up and he does something that shows he's got expectation. He's wearing a beggar's coat. It's like uh, the sign, the external sign that he's allowed to legally beg. It's not just, it's not just a, a, an external coat to keep him warm. It's not just, it's not just something that, that is uh, symbolic of his ability to beg. It's, it's not just his income, it's also his identity. This is who I am. And when Jesus calls him, he stands up, the Bible says, throws off his cloak, and goes to Jesus. He responds because why? He had expectation he had expectation. If only he could get Jesus' attention. If only Jesus would call him out the front out in that moment, he would get healed. I want to say to somebody that there's probably going to be over this conference and at church um, a series of moments, of altar call moments. And I want to just tell you, if, you're, if you even have half an inkling, that's me. And there's an older call. If you're feeling like this, this, and this, why don't you come out the front? If if your uh, heart skips just a little bit of a beat. If you have a little sense, that might be to me. Be like Bartimaeus and go. Well, this could be my moment. I'm coming out the front with expectation. Don't don't be dragged out. Don't don't make any anyone sort of have to pull you out slowly. But be up and going and full of expectation. He threw his uh, his coat aside, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Come with expectation. The last one, I want us to learn from. So we've talked about elevation. Time aside, climbing into a spiritual atmosphere with a godly perspective. Talked about expectation. Spend some time this week saying, God, this is what I need you to do. Sometimes we don't realize what we need God to do until we get into the atmosphere. Well, I just needed to get on fire again. I just needed to fall in love with Jesus again. I just needed to love to worship again. I needed to get into a place that would do that for me. The last one is a lady, we don't know her name, but she had an issue of bleeding internally for 12 years. We're in Mark chapter five. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years, she'd spent everything she had to pay them, the Bible says, but she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She'd heard about Jesus. How did she hear about Jesus? No news. Someone must've told her. Someone must have said, Jesus is doing miracles. Someone must have said, down at C3 Powerhouse, there's some amazing things going on. You need to come and be there, connect with people and atmosphere and connect with God because something could happen. So someone had told her. And she said to her, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. There's expectation. If I can just get prayed for in that atmosphere, I will be healed. There's expectation. And and immediately, she touched him. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. She could feel in her body that she'd been healed of a terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look, everyone's pressing against you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. I mean, she was was supposed to be a social outcast. She wasn't supposed to be near people. She was ceremonially unclean so she wasn't even able to go to the tabernacle. Here's a woman who had every reason. I would would say she was crippled with her disease that kept her isolated. Maybe today, and I want to talk to some people online right now, maybe there's a sense of anxiety in your life that is crippling you maybe there's a sense of of a heaviness or a depression that's sitting on you and and you can barely even stand the thought of facing a crowd, I want to suggest to you that maybe this conference will be the moment that if you can just touch Jesus, you can get a breakthrough. If you can just push through, even though you're not normally around crowds, this woman wasn't normally around crowds, but she came through the crowd and she had a determination. And that's the third thing I want to say to somebody today. We're coming for elevation. We're coming with expectation, but she's got a determination. Get out of my road. Look out. I am going to touch the hem of his garment. Jesus talked to her and said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Again, go in peace. You're suffering. He doesn't say my power has made you well. It was his power, but it was her faith. And her faith was expressed with expectation but determination. She pushed through embarrassment. She pushed through a sense of not being worthy. She pushed through. She determined in her heart, I am going to touch Jesus and something is going to change in my life. She was prepared for an encounter. I want to suggest to you this week that for those of you who are, who are coming into this conference, but it's the same for every Sunday, the same principles work, but particularly for a conference, there will be things like crowds, but there will be circumstances that try to stop you getting to your place of breakthrough. There's nothing like a conference week for mine uh, and the, the couple of weeks before where all sorts of storms seem to come up spiritual attacks, spiritual warfare, reasons to distract you from getting to the house of God. You're, I'm telling you, there'll be probably at least three or four excuses this week. Like, and some of them will be genuine because of stuff that's going wrong in your life uh, that you, would, you could excuse yourself from coming. I was talking to a couple in our church yesterday. And they were telling me about an appointment they were having with a pastor that ended up being a spiritually significant appointment for them. And the night before this spiritually significant appointment, their whole home flooded. And they're awake from like 1 till 3 in the morning, 12 till 3 in the morning, something like that, washing all the water from this broken pipe out of their home. And they looked at each other in the afternoon and they, I know we've got this appointment. And there's, that's enough reasons that we shouldn't go because we're tired, and you would you would say fair enough, reschedule. But on the inside, they had something it's like this is going to be significant, so let's push through, and let's have the appointment. As I talked to them, they said from that moment, in spite of that and the ongoing problems that that caused for us. In spite of that, God has been doing an incredibly deep work in our lives that's, that, that came out of a decision that we made in that appointment. You see, on the other side of your determination, on the other side of your Putting your big boy pants on and saying, Well, I know I could just stay here at home and watch some football and and just look after myself and and be nice to me. But when you put your big boy pants on and you go, I'm going to get to the house of God, and I'm going to, Dad's, I'm going to get my family to the house of God, my kids are going to have an encounter. It takes some determination. It takes some people to just stand up and go, No, in the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted from my divine encounter with God. I will not be put off. I will not be limited. I'm going to push through. Can we stand to our feet right now? At home, why don't you just stand and engage your heart right now, if you're able. You're watching online. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Let's get the band up here right now. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, in this place today, I'm praying that you'll speak to hearts. Lord, there's some people right now that you're, there's a tug on their heart. The voice of God is saying, you haven't registered, but you need to. You need to get in the flow of what I'm doing and this, here in this church, and this conference is going to get you in the flow. God can do in this next few days. If you set the time aside, all you got to do is if, if you work Monday to Friday, get one afternoon off or just even if you can't do that, come to the rest. But if you do that, you'll find three months of Sundays can happen in three days. So Lord, right now, tug on hearts. Come and let us go. I was glad when they said to me, come and let us go up to the mountain of our God and to the house of our King. Come and let us go. We're going up. We're going up. We're going up. We're going up with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now as we get expectant, as we get determined, as we press through, let there be encounter after encounter after encounter. Let there be prophetic visions and dreams. Let the voice of God speak to us through messages, through worship, through moments. Let there be healings, miracles, signs and wonders let there be prodigals coming back to You. Lord, let there be a, a download from the Holy Ghost to those who need a download. Let there be an adjustment where we need an adjustment. Let us get on track with what You've called us to, we pray. We commit this week. I pray for every person in this room right now, every person watching online, Father, that there will be such turnaround breakthroughs in the name of of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise right now. Those of you online, I'm going to hand you back to Pastor Teresa. God bless you. Have a great day.